Give to Barrett. Cut back over the middle of the 25 to the 20. Breaks a tackle to the 15. Stop, starts 10 5. Touchdown, Lions. Holy mackerel. Throws end zone. It is caught. What a play back there in the back of the end zone by TJ Hawkinson. You're listening to the One Pride Cast. Welcome to a very special edition of the One Pridecast. Team reporter Danny Rogers here joining you alongside DetroitLions.com writer Mike O'Hara. Mike, I mean, you have celebrated a few Thanksgivings in your day. I'm sorry to date you. So I must know, what is your all-time favorite Detroit Lions Thanksgiving game in the history of you covering this team? Oh, wow. That is a, you know what, Danny, I've never really thought about that just for let you know, I started covering the Lions for the Detroit News in 1977. And I've covered every Thanksgiving day since then, except for one in the 2008 season. You know, my bottom line guess probably is all of them, you know, but that's not fair, is it? That's not fair. That's boring. Well, that's not boring because if <laughs> I'm not boring. I, I resent that. I resemble that remark. Um, my all-time favorite one. Oh, that's a that's that's a great one. It really is. Man, you know, they had a game I should have prepared you for this. I'm sorry. Well, I'm a slow thinker. You know, they we look, we had one in the 1990s, 1995 or 1994, I think. I forget what that was. And it was just a battle with the Minnesota Vikings. The Lions were, you know, playing for a playoff berth. And I think that's the year that they won their last seven games in a row to win the uh, to make the playoffs. And and they had a, I think the score was something like 45-41, just back and forth between you know, both teams scoring. And on the last play of the game, Herman Moore, a great wide receiver, completely undervalued by a lot of people in Detroit. Really, I think Hall of Fame quality player, Danny. He was, they used him as a safety and he batted away the last pass in the end zone. It was meant for Chris Carter. It was just put an athlete back there, let him make a play. And that's what I remember about that game. I think it was on Thanksgiving Day of 1995. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I was about, um, I was three weeks old at the time. So I love that you brought that game up. You know what? I was even thinking of you then. Were you? You were like, wow, someone awesome must have just been born a few yeah, weeks Yeah, that's what ago. I thought. Three three weeks old? Three days old? They're about three weeks. Two and a half, three weeks. Yeah. Scorpio okay. season. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm, gl- I'm, glad you, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I... I'm here too. Okay. Uh, I, okay. Last, last Thanksgiving question. I might lie when I say that, but what is your all-time favorite side dish? My all-time favorite side dish? For Thanksgiving, yes. Just straight dressing. Absolute. Just, the, you know, with the, you know, with the seasoning on it and all that. I mean, it used to be a big deal in our house. It was kind of, we were kind of the hub for Thanksgiving day and my mom and couple of your sisters, my aunts and a couple of uncles and all that, we all get together. They have a big feast, but I always like, I just always remember liking, liking the dressing. Now, all of that changed really in 1977 because I really haven't had traditional Thanksgiving since then. It's always, you know, whatever they serve in the press box and then get home at eight or nine o'clock and maybe stop at somebody's house and for cold leftovers. But, uh, but you know, covering the game itself is well worth missing the feast. I agree. Covering the game is is very much well worth some cold leftovers, which is what I will be getting 
So I'm in the same boat with you, Mike. Okay, uh, let's touch on week 11 here real quick. Lions went to the Browns. They lost by three points to the Brownies and Baker Mayfield. And on a scale of one to 10, how, and I'm not talking about the weather, how ugly was that game in your opinion? Well, I think most fans would think it was ugly because there wasn't a lot of scoring in it and there were some turnovers. I think uh, two on each side, maybe. I think that sounds right. But what I liked about it, and the same thing I liked about the game against Pittsburgh the week before, that it was, a, it was sort of an old-fashioned slugfest, Danny. And, and I like to see that. I like to see guys really selling out, you know, not saving their bodies. And I, it was just a tough, tough hitting game. And, and, and I really like that. Now, look, I appreciate the other parts of the game too, you know, the big plays, the big plays on offense, but just for what it was, you know, a game that meant only for the Detroit Lions, a chance to win a game. It wasn't like a division tiebreaker or anything like that, or, you know, winning your in. It was just, you know, for that day, 53 guys or 47 active, whatever it was, really made a physical commitment to, to, to do whatever they could to win that game with a backup quarterback and Tim Boyle, who'd never started an NFL game before. I just thought it was it was really sort of a character check, you know. It was sort of like, to me, it was sort of like 60 minutes of covering kickoffs, you know, which is one of the toughest jobs in, in football. We really, you know, they're coming at you from all angles. And I thought really both teams, but particularly the Detroit Lions, really, really sold out and, and laid their bodies on the line. They sure did. Like every game you mentioned, Tim Boyle coming in there, his first NFL start, he completed 15 of his 23 passing attempts for 77 yards, two interceptions. But I think we, we could probably see that coming as in your first ever NFL start um, in the big leagues. And then Deandre Swift, he was showing out once again on the ground, 136 yards on 14 attempts. So Swift continues to get more efficient as he continues to uh, chomp up all the yards on the ground. Hawkinson got some touches in this one, six receptions for 51 yards. Um, uh, the, some really great right spots. Amani Oruare records another interception this season, seven all-time in his career. A.J. Parker um, is the benef beneficiary of, if that's the correct word, of an Alex Anzalone tip. So he got that again, please? <laughs> Is it benef? Is it? I'm not even going to try. It's I'm whatever gonna, you want it to be. It, it truly is. Um, and then Will Harris and Austin Bryant teamed up for a sack, so they each got half a sack. Um, you also got to see the Detroit Lions' new kicker, as Austin Cyber is still on IR. Aldrich Rosas, he uh, attempted one field goal, 43 long, 43 yards. It was good. Um, and then Jack Fox, of course, doing Jack Fox things. He had to work a lot, six punts in that game against Cleveland. So, yeah, there were some bright spots, super low-scoring game, 13-10. to 10. Um, And that kind of just segues us here into Week 12, one of the most iconic – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it, iconic NFL games. Detroit, Thanksgiving, Chicago Bears are coming to town. They did in 2019 as well to play in this game. So um, what are your initial – your initial thoughts as as the Bears come to town um, to play on this Thanksgiving day? Well, to me, it's you know, look, the Bears have lost five in a row and they're mm -hmm. three and seven. And really, they were three and two, which is let's try to add that up. It's five and seven, three and seven with a five game losing streak. And 
I think it'll be which team ever want, which team wants it most, really. I mean, it'll come down to execution. I get all that stuff. That's 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 what every not just every game. It's with every play of every game. But whoever wants it the most, and I think that would would favor the Lions to a degree. Look, you know, Danny, the Bears have been in turmoil since training camp. You know, when when Matt Nagy, the head coach, had the nerve, you know, to say that that Andy Doyle, Andy Dalton was going to be their head, be their starting quarterback, and it was just inflamed the masses, you know, that Dead why man. wouldn't Justin Fields be the starting? He would be going drafted him what 10th overall. Why wouldn't he be the starter? And I think the team has really played played under an awful lot of pressure since then. You know, Justin Fields obviously eventually I should say became the starter, got knocked out last week. Dalton came in and does what veteran backups do. You know, he comes out complete passes, gains yards, gives gives his team a chance to play, a chance to win. But I just I think that team is just drained. And, you know, the most recent thing was a report came out that Nagy was going to be fired after the game. I mean, you don't get these kind of press conferences very often, but in his post, post-practice presser on, uh, on Tuesday, he told the media, no, that report is not true. I wonder, you know, I wonder how many guys rolled their eyes, how many guys took it at face value, how many guys just didn't care one way or the other. Well, do but you know what happened strange, after that presser, Mike? Yeah. Huh? Do you know what happened after that presser? No. Um, it appears that head coach Matt Nagy then went to um, talk to the front office. Yeah. And then proceeded to cancel meetings for the rest of the day after that. So it's a very bizarre uh, happenings in Chicago currently. Well, somebody let that out. You know, things don't just get reported for no reason. And they don't, and, and in most, almost all cases, they don't come out of thin air, they come from somebody. There's obviously somebody who wants Matt Nagy out, and probably more than one person there in Chicago. Things haven't quite worked out for him the way I'm sure he or that organization would like. But look, it's a tough, it's a tough uh, environment that, that coaches in all sports um, uh, live live in and live under and live with. And Nagy, in this case, is no exception. But it's it's a little tougher in pro football because you only play once a week, and you're cannon fodder you know, for the other six, six and a half days after from the moment the game is over until you play again. Woo. Okay. So, um, bears, ha- yeah, you mentioned bears have lost five in a row. So do they look at this game against the Oh, nine and one lines and be like, okay, Hey guys, so this is super winnable. Um, like let's just go to Detroit. Let's do our thing. Let's win this. Does that mean this can be a trap game for the Bears? It could have been a trap game for Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago. I know people were saying that. Um, but at this rate, with uh, the down spiral the Bears are on, is it possible for this to be called a trap game? Or um, the lines I know are favored to win this one, which might be the first time all season. Correct me if I'm wrong. Hey, um, that's not, that's the, not the line I've seen. Okay. Did the so the line has moved? What are you seeing now? It's the uh, Bears minus three. Okay. Three point favorites. Yeah, sure. Interesting. I, look, I don't have the only line, so don't. You know. Yeah, yeah, no. The for one of the first ones I saw, uh, lines favored by four. So this is, this is interesting. Okay. Interesting. It is. Sure. Oh, hey, look. There have been developments. I think, I think a line that close, it really doesn't. It, it's not. There's no value to either team in which in predicting which way it's going to go with a line that close. Agreed. Yes. Okay. So this is going to be a very, very close game. Um, what are the Lions strengths right now that they can really play to, to have a successful game day on Thanksgiving and bring home not only some Turkey, but a dub. 
dub. Uh, I think I just saw a dub fly by. Anyway, yeah. I think, um, you know, I think that it, it, look, it's a two game sample, Danny, but since they came back from the bye and that just awful game against, against the Eagles, really, you, you really couldn't play any worse if you planned to than they played that day, both offense and defense. It was just, just horrendous. But I think they've had, at least for two games, an identity of sorts. And that identity is that, look, we're going to play defense, so we're going to hit you. We already talked about that. And offensively, our strength is running the ball. Let's run the ball. And I think it, it really makes sense to me. Uh, I mean, the Lions are, have their issues offensively, primarily because they really have no passing game. It's, it's not, and it's not anything that's going to correct itself in the next day or the next week or the next month. This is going to be a project in the offseason. But for now, their strength is, is to run the ball. And their offensive line is, is playing well. It's no secret that part of that is because Taylor Decker's back and playing left tackle. Any Sewell who played well at left tackle is, is at right tackle. And they've got four of their original starters now. Playing. So they've really got some consistency and some talent in there. And they're, getting, they're protecting the quarterback well enough only one sack last week against the Browns, and they're and they're getting the running game started. You know, Danny, just one thing. There's an old line about this, and I and I agree with this. Is that the offensive line gets the running back started, gives him a hole to run through. After that, he takes over, and DeAndre Swift and the backup guys who've contributed mightily in these last two games have taken over and gotten the additional yardage. And when we really think about that. But some of those guys, you know, Jermar Jefferson and Godwin Iguibuike and, and uh, uh, Jamal Williams, who came back last week for the first time, have really added something to that running game. They really have. Right, no doubt. Uh, run game a little stagnant against the Browns, but against Pittsburgh, obviously 200 yards on the ground. So most certainly a bright spot. And you don't have a guy like Khalil Mack, who you're going up against, that this right. line will have to fight against because he is now done for the season after getting season ending foot surgery. So um, you also, you, you do have Robert Quinn who is creating havoc among, yep. among quarterbacks as well. Like he is always going to do. Um, so where do you think that this, this Lions team can really attack the bears? And I know you say the run game, but even defensive wise as well, you'll have Andy Dalton is confirmed to be the starter there. Right. Well, I think, you know, the, uh, They've got they've had a good running game and and it, and it hurt the Lions in the first meeting. I think they were for 180 yards or whatever it was, something like that. But I think a lot of this will rest on on how they handled Andy Dalton, you know, and maybe getting him, you know, hooking up with Allen Robinson, one a local kid from here in Detroit. Uh, the thing about Andy Dalton, and and, and I, I've written this in DetroitLions.com, uh, my final thoughts column that'll come out tomorrow. What you have in him is is typical of other veteran quarterbacks. I mean, I'm talking about substantial quarterbacks now. They're not just playing for today. They're playing for next year. They want to put good tape out there because they want to stay in the league. In other words, Andy Dalton was with Cincinnati for almost a dozen years. They go a different direction. He gets signed by Dallas to be the backup, ends up starting some games. They get Dak Prescott back. He gets shipped out. Now he's with 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 Chicago started some games look pretty good and he can stay in the league a long time as long as he prepares as long as he's ready to play takes it seriously and produces on the field and he's done that look he, he threw for what was it 201 yards when he took over for Shields in the, in the last game against the Ravens that they lost last week and so you're going to get 
a guy who's not been like staring at the at, at clouds during practice. You're going to get a guy in Andy Dalton who's a true professional who takes care of his business and he's ready to play. Now, he's not the greatest quarterback in the league. If he were, he'd be on a team starting. But he'll give the Lions, he'll give the Lions a representative uh, performance. I'd be shocked if it's anything other than that. Ooh, yeah, I'm looking at those stats for you guys. Andy Dalton, 11 of 23, passing, yeah, over 200 yards, two touchdowns. So, um, and I was talking with your counterpart, Tim Twentyman, DetroitLions.com writer, and, he, and I asked him, would you rather go up against a Justin Fields, a rookie in this case, or a veteran in Andy Dalton? And he said, every day, I will pick going up against the rookie because they're just prone to make more mistakes. So they're, make no mistake, Andy Dalton, a veteran, will be able to come up there, come in there and, uh, you know, close the gap between yeah, and, I, and I agree with Tim Danny that's a good that's a good good observation that you've got from him and one thing about rookie quarterbacks look sometimes they can start and, and just catch fire because the other teams aren't used to them and they're fresh in the game and everything's fun and it's it's your first time starting even if you went to a major college like Ohio State like Fields did it's not the National Football League but things can catch up to you if they start going bad and all of a sudden you know, it's just like it's, it's it's just like there are no escape routes, for example. You know what I'm saying? Things teams kind of figure you out, and they you know you may be able to to pull the ball down and run in week two, one, and week two, week three, week four. But week six, seven, eight, they know your tendencies, and it gets it gets tougher, and it gets sometimes you just you're a rookie quarterback, and you go back to yourself, go, what's going on out here? And I'm not saying that exactly has happened to, to Shields, but but it it, it does happen probably more often than not to rookie quarterbacks where they just sort of hit a wall there and they have to fight their way out of it. Woo. Okay. It's going to be an interesting one. Um, Lions are still questionable with their quarterback who they'll be starting. Jared Goff battling an oblique strain. Um, you had Tim Boyle who started last week. I think it's going to be Jared Goff. What do you think, Mike? I think you're right. I think you're 100 percent right. Okay. I think it was kind of interesting at the at the at the final media sessions on Tuesday. They brought Goff out first and 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 Boyle right after him, one two. So that's sort of a little subterfuge there. I think it's intended to make people wonder if there's if there's a one and a one A and they're still deciding on who's going to be the quarterback. I would well, think unless unless Jared Goff wakes up on Thanksgiving morning and can't lift his right arm because of his oblique injury or whatever, I think it's going to be, I think he's going to be the starter. I think so too. Uh, Coach Campbell Tuesday telling the wonderful Fox 2 sports reporter, Jen Hammond, that there is a 50, there's a 60%, 60% chance that there's a 50-50 chance that Jared Goff starts. So do with that what you want. Um, that's what coach Campbell was telling us right now. But of course, last week he made the starter decision by Friday, two days before. So there's a good chance. Uh, coach Campbell did make that decision uh, around Monday or Tuesday of this week. Um, Cause I know that decision is very important to him. Okay. Let's wrap things up. Mike, what is your bet MGM pick this week? Let's hear it. Well, let's just keep in mind that the last two weeks I predicted three-point uh, three games, and one was a tie with the Steelers, which covered the spread, and last week was a three-point prediction. It ended up 13-10, to 10, so I'm on a roll, okay? It snaps and claps. But I also picked the Lions to beat the Eagles, too. <laughs> I like the Lions in this game. I really do. I just think it's uh, things figure for them, and I think, I, I think it's going to be Jared Goff, and 
look, as much as they've struggled throwing the ball, and it's not all the quarterback's fault, and it's not certainly he's got gotten good production. It's just he's have they just haven't developed the receiving game yet. I like the Lions in this game for no other reason than it's time. But I think I think they've been playing pretty good ball lately. Not great, but pretty good ball, good tough ball. And I like them to win this one, 26-13. Woo, okay, there is the pick, 26-13, Mike going with the Lions. All right, Thanksgiving Day, it's going to be such a fun one. Of course, there'll be a parade, the turkey trots. It's just an all-around really fun day in the D for all of the family. Um, Mike, please give your Thanksgiving blessings to the listeners. Oh, I will. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you, and especially those guys out there running the turkey trot, one of my favorite events in town. Are you running it? No, I'll be covering the Detroit Lions that day. <laughs> I mean, you could do both if you really wanted to, Mike. Well, I'll tell you my turkey trot story at the game tomorrow. Oh, I cannot wait. Okay, all right. Um, that's Mike O'Hara, DetroitLions.com writer. Go read all of his articles. They're really, really good. Uh, I'm Danny Rogers. Coming up next, you're going to hear from fullback Jason Cabinda, who is now dubbing himself as a superback. Plus, he tells us what his favorite things to eat at Thanksgiving are. Uh, you might want to get your your Google out for this one and, and Google them because uh, they're a little bit different. Okay, Jason Kamita is coming up next on the One Podcast. Create a fun, unique, and unforgettable outing for a group of 10 or more at the next Lions home game. Visit DetroitLions.com backslash groups to purchase or contact us directly at 313-262-2222 to save on ticket prices, get priority locations, and receive a group giveaway item. Jason, Superback Cabinda, before we get to the Superback part, I've got to get your hottest take on Thanksgiving food. What is it? My hottest take? Um, what is my hot take on Thanksgiving? I would probably say I'm not a huge turkey fan. I feel Straight that. I'm not, I'm not big on the turkey. Um, everything else, love. Big on the ham. Honestly, I'd rather have like a huge rack of ribs mm. um, on Thanksgiving so that can replace the turkey. That's probably my hot take. Okay, your mom is flying in for Thanksgiving. Yeah. You're not sure if she's going to bring all the food or if you guys are going to cook some of it. What's her, your favorite thing your mom cooks, though? Oh, that's a, that's a wide array of things. Probably, she's probably going to cook some Cameroonian food, so. Okay. She might make corn chaff. She might make, I mean, all the stuff I name, you guys aren't going to know. I know, so like, like say it soup, slowly. some arrow. Okay. A goosey soup. Uh, What's in that? I couldn't even describe a goosey um, like a chicken noodle? Or... Uh, ain't, no, ain't, no, ain't no chicken noodle. Okay. <laughs> nah, I mean, probably, you know what fufu is? Probably not. No. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? I, I don't even know where to start. Fufu's like, it's like a type of flour. Okay. Like, it's not like bread, but it's like a type of flour that like, you use, you dip and stuff. Like okra, you know okra. We make a type of soup we, out of I okra. I think so. I think, we, I, I, think I pronounce okra. okra. Yeah, we say okra. Yeah. Okay. But, the, probably yeah. the, like actual way to say it yeah. yeah okay so we'll revisit that yeah we need, to, <laughs> we need to break that down another time we do not have time today but i'm glad your mom will be here for thanksgiving yeah. um we've got to get to your play on the field here real quick super back is kind of what you're calling yourself now why um i mean i'm just doing whatever i'm asked mm-hmm. um honestly i think the coaches are catching on you know to my skill set the things i can do you know, a wide variety of things, you know, blocking, catching, running, whatever um, really is asked of me. Um, but it, 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 I'm comfortable doing it because 
I mean, in high school, really, all I played was offense. You know, all I really played was running back. So a lot of things I'm doing, it's kind of already natural. It's just coming back to me, really, kind of getting back that, that confidence, that high school confidence I had and stuff like that. But, you know, it's my second year on offense, so I'm just trying to grow, continue to develop as a player, you know, all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're saying you're, you're getting the offense stuff back because you were at linebacker here for a second. Yeah. How smooth can the transition be, though, from linebacker to fullback? Um, I, I think they're definitely, you know, similar positions. I think playing defense, then moving back to offense, you know, you know how to dictate things, mm -hmm. um, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, you know, where they're supposed to fit, you know, where guys are supposed to be depending on coverage and stuff. So I can see those kinds of things mm -hmm. just because I've been on the other side. So that definitely helps me on offense in terms of, you know, knowing who I got, who I got to get to, what kind of leverage to have, you know, all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, you turned yeah. into a super back against the Browns. You catapulted over a Browns defender for a 21-yard <laughs> gain. What did you see on that play that opened the field up for you? I mean, the O-line did a great job on that side. I mean, that whole left side just got crushed down. You know, I was able to see the cut, you know, made a cut to the outside and then, you know, just got up field, got vertical, mm -hmm. got the most I could get. Man, I was trying to smell the box. I was trying to get that six, but, uh, you know, 20-21-yard gain is, is solid, so hopefully I can build on it. How much do you play by the mentality that whatever is in front of you, you're going to truck it over? Oh, um, I definitely got that fullback, um, tough guy mentality. Mm -hmm. um, I think to me, fullback is like when you meet a guy in the hole, it's like, who's the bigger man? You know, mm -hmm. that's how I look at it. Who's tougher? Who's the bigger man? And after you hit me, you're, you're going to know, like, you're going to feel me every mm -hmm. single time I hit you. So that's, that's kind of my mentality. You're involved in so much now because you're saying the coaching staff is realizing your skill sets. So how do you balance uh, this playbook that you're expected to know a lot of? Yeah, um, it's been tough, you know, especially moving into the tight end room. Um, you know, it kind of made me realize just how involved the tight ends are in the offense from the run game perspective, from pass pro perspective, from knowing the pass concepts and the routes. So um, it's just really about being in my book all the time. You know, Deuce keeps me straight, you know, with the running back stuff, making sure I'm still good with the fullback and halfback reps. And then obviously, you know, Tanner and Coach Johnson both, you know, are getting me straight with the tight end stuff. So. You know, just trying to grow, like, like I said, and, and, and know it all and be prepared for any situation, any place I can be put in. So you, you walk into the tight end room sometimes for their meetings. Do you kind of feel like the new kid in class when you do that? Um, at first I did. You know, that, that, was, that was weeks ago, more towards the beginning of the season. But mm -hmm. now I'm in there, you know, I'm feeling a lot more comfortable, you know, running routes on guys, doing those kinds of things. And it's great that I have a player like TJ in there because there's so much I can learn from him, obviously. He's a guy who's been to the Pro Bowl, you know, is playing at a high level. So having a guy like that in the room doing the right things on film every time, is, it's, it's great to study off him and learn from him. So mm -hmm. Chicago Bears are on the clock, second yeah. time this season for – Thanksgiving Day around this corner. So what is it going to take to get this offense into a rhythm now that you've seen 11 weeks so far of this? Yeah, just like, uh, you know, no negative plays. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's the biggest thing, you know, no negative plays, no silly mistakes. I mean, we just got to stay on track, stay on schedule, keep running the ball effectively like we've been, and I think it'll just open everything up in, in the past game, you know. Take some shots downfield and really open up the run game for us, get Swift and Jamal really going, and I think we have, we have a really good chance. So, I mean, we owe these guys. So. Mm -hmm. Have you contemplated getting on the defensive side at all? Uh, I, I'm teasing Coach DeLeon every week, like, mm -hmm. hey, man, when are you going to put me at linebacker? You know, first, second down, I'll be the hammer. Ain't going to run the ball on me. But uh, it's, it's really to run on a, a joke at this point. I think I'm pretty locked into offense right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. With these bears on the clock, I mean, it, it feels winnable. Just with talking with you guys, talking with coaches, it feels super winnable. Like it does every week, though. No doubt. So how do you put a dub in the win column after 
especially on Turkey Day. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've been in, you know, majority of these games, mm -hmm. you know, at the end. It's really about us finishing. Um, you know, we're not the kind of team who can make a ton of mistakes and kind of overcome that. So I think that's the biggest thing is just playing a clean game, you know, doing our job, every guy winning their one-on-one -on -one battles more consistently. Mm -hmm. um, I think we'll be in that win column, obviously. And, you know, we have a great opportunity. We're playing on Thanksgiving. I mean, great time to show out for your friends, for your family, everybody watching at home, national television. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm excited. I mean, this week's going to be really about the team who focuses the most, the team who locks in the most, the team who's the most rested and, and just ready to play and shows up and has most energy and juice. All right, lastly, I heard you want my job, sports broadcaster. Do you want to <laughs> just switch seats? Do you just want to ask the questions now? Like, we can do me. that. I mean, we can do that. We might have you call some of your plays here soon. I have no issues with that. I'm, Please I'm get a score that. so we can bring you in and All you right. can call it. All right, I got you. Deal? No All doubt. Right. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Show your Lions pride by going authentic with gear from shop.detroitlions.com. For a great selection of t-shirts, hats, jerseys, and novelties with convenient flat rate shipping right to your doorstep, visit shop.detroitlions.com, your 24-7 home for Lions gear. Thanks for tuning in to the One Pridecast. I'm your host, Danny Rogers. We will be back next week, week 13. We'll see you then.